What? I wasn't listening. All right, never mind. We're done here. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening here on the Daily Sports Report. Thank you very much to Nate Sorensen, Lucas Vargas, Eric Littman, and Owen Swanson. My name is Nick Hornberg. Have a great day, everybody, and go blue and volleyball season less than 150 days away. I'm going to humiliate you one more time. My pleasure. I better start talking about my family first, I guess. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Classical rock, a true paradox. This is to Dalton. This is to Dalton. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My partner, Jim Dwyer, is uh, taking the week off. Like me, he's probably a tad burned out from the... the, uh, Ann Arbor Film Festival, which I thought was uh, quite good this year. So we won't talk about that tonight. Maybe uh, Jim and I can share some thoughts on that next week. Obviously, um, a, a, a week dominated by what I would call uh, Donald Trump on an orange pogo stick. I mean, he was all over the map, throwing everything he could at the wall. I think by the end of the week, people uh, were a little tired of him. I've always said that Donald Trump is unfortunately a bore, and his tweeting is uh, getting uh, more and more bizarre. He started out, of course, uh, attacking uh, the supporters of the Mueller report, uh, which is strange because the Mueller report only came about because he fired uh, James Comey. Uh, The FBI position uh, was turned into a 10-year position 
long ago by Congress to prevent the politicalization of the FBI. And whatever you think about Trump's involvement uh, with Russia, he's framing the debate completely backwards. It's not a question of whether the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. It's a question of whether Russia colluded with the Trump campaign. And uh, the latter has plenty of evidence. Obviously, we don't have the Mueller report available, and that probably, uh, I hate to say this, will be part of a continuing uh, American tradition of cover-ups involving the misdeeds of high-ranking officials. Um, William Barr, uh, by the way, was the attorney general when George H.W. Bush pardoned the Iran-Contra figures. Uh, and he was attacking, back in 92, the independent, independent counsel, uh, Lawrence Walsh. And so while the Mueller report was unavailable this past week, I was able to peruse a little bit of the Walsh report which was the um, report that uh, Special Prosecutor Lawrence Walsh submitted to Congress uh, in spite of the fact that George H.W. Uh, Bush had pardoned quite a number of high-ranking officials uh, in the Iran-Contra scandal. Let's read a couple of uh, items from the report. Um, there's an interesting chronology, um, but here are a couple of interesting examples of what uh, really happened in the Iran-Contra report. The independent counsel, uh, Lawrence Walsh, concluded that President Reagan, Vice President Bush, Don Regan, and Ed Meese, who was the attorney general, and other senior officials in November 1986 undertook a plan to, quote, rearrange the record, as Secretary of State George Schultz put it, in a conversation with senior advisors in an effort to protect the president and themselves from accusations of possible violations of law. In November 1986, when Congress tried to learn of the facts about the Iran arms sales, the Reagan administration first tried to withhold information about the 1985 sales from Israeli stocks. Thereafter, John Poindexter and Ed Meese stated that the president, Mr. Reagan, was unaware of and had not authorized the November 1985 shipments of 18 Hawk missiles from Israel to Iran, and that the initiative had been handled by former National Security Advisor Robert McFarlane, uh, without presidential authorization. The evidence demonstrates that Poindexter and Meese, as well as his advisors, knew that to be false and accommodated that position. Walsh concluded that no criminal charges should be brought against Reagan, Vice President Bush, Ed Meese, or Don Reagan, because of the belated production of notes and other documents delayed the investigation beyond the point where it could be effective. 
So in other words, Lawrence Walsh is not exonerating the Reagan administration. He's simply reporting to Congress that because of the obstruction, and that was one of the charges, by the way, that Casper Weinberger was charged with, uh, couldn't be pursued because Casper Weinberger lied about having these records, <clears throat> having these notes. And this is why he was uh, eventually indicted. Vice President Bush um, pardoned uh, Weinberger and seven other high-ranking officials for their involvement in the Iran-Contra affair uh, shortly before Casper Weinberger, former Secretary of Defense, was scheduled uh, to uh, go on trial. That pardon was made by George H.W. Bush. He was able to make that pardon, by the way, because he had lost the 92 election. So he, these pardons were issued as a lame duck uh, operation and concluded the overall cover-up of the Iran-Contra affair. At the time, William Barr was the attorney general. He became the attorney general. He had worked for Richard Thornburg, and Richard Thornburg decided to run for the Senate of Pennsylvania. Uh, so Barr uh, is clearly a lifelong Republican, connected to uh, Richard Thornburg, former attorney general. And it's quite clear that he's been brought in to cover up uh, Donald Trump's involvement in, uh, well, the issues surrounding the Mueller investigation, which we're still a little unclear about. We've learned, of course, that the Mueller report is hundreds of pages long, perhaps uh, somewhere between 300 and 400 pages and William Barr's uh, uh, editing and analysis of it in two days is certainly insufficient to uh, accurately judge what really happened. As for William Barr, I just want to point out in Leonard, uh, Lawrence Walsh's book, Firewall, the Iran-Contra cover-up, conspiracy and cover-up, Barr in... Uh, the fall of 92, when the independent uh, council law was up for uh, refurbishing, basically they had to reauthorize this law every five years, uh, William Barr, attorney general, said, I don't think the act adequately provides a s selection process that appoints individuals who understand the prosecutorial function and policies and standards used by the Department of Justice. I don't think that the statute provides any accountability or adequate supervision of the independent counsel. Um, he went on pointing out that he thought, as he put it, following Bob Dole's, who was at the time majority leader, uh, had uh, Republican, I think he might have actually been the minority leader, but he said on in an interview on the 17th of December, 92, I think people in the Iran-Contra matter have been treated unfairly, many of them. He uh, declined to say whether he recommended pardons, but expressed contempt for the prosecutions, claiming people in this Iran-Contra matter have been treated very unfairly, many of them, and have been prosecuted for the kind of crimes that they would uh, not have been prosecuted or prosecutable by the Department of Justice, applying standards that we have not applied for decades 
to every citizen. Well, yeah, every citizen doesn't actually sell arms illegally to the government of Iran. Now, put that in your pipe and smoke it for a second. Government of Iran in the 1980s, while Reagan was publicly claiming they were the world's greatest sponsor of terrorism, and of course they were involved in the American hostage embassy situation in 1979 and 1980. Uh, yeah, most American citizens are have no ability to secretly sell uh, weapons stockpiles uh, from Israel, who, by the way, get about 55% of all American military aid that we appropriate every year by Congress. 55%. That's the rough figure. I think it, I've read 54, I've read 57. But that's in the ballpark. And um, William Barr, in, in these statements that he made in 92, is demonstrating bias. Uh, I don't think he's treating the independent counsel fairly. And as for the overall cover-up, uh, the cover-up is, is staggering when you actually read the details. Uh, of course, nobody's read the Walsh report in quite some time. I spent about an hour and a half with it uh, on uh, Tuesday afternoon. But here's an interesting uh, gem uh, unearthed from uh, Firewall, the Iran-Contra cover-up. Here I'm reading a review by Doug Ireland, Ollie Does Iran. This was in The Nation magazine on the 23rd of June, 1997. I still had this review in my Iran-Contra uh, report, the Senate report, the Congressional report. And by the way, the Congressional report uh, from the Senate Intelligence Committee is still forthcoming. Uh, as I mentioned last week, Richard Burr and uh, 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 Mark Warner specifically said they would not issue a report until after the Mueller report was finished, quote-unquote. So how long it's going to take to actually finish the Mueller report remains an open question. Uh, but you can rest assured that William Barr is doing everything he can to figure out how to cover up the facts. We have a long history of this. Here's an interesting gem from Doug Ireland's review uh, regarding Walsh's uh, repeated efforts to uh, obtain evidence. Uh, it, when he issued subpoenas, he writes, uh, Walsh, Weinberger ignored Walsh's repeated requests for the notes. This relates to a diary that Weinberger kept, which Weinberger managed to dodge until an FBI agent, quote, caught up with him as he left his office building through a service entrance and threaded his way through barrels of refuse to a waiting car. That's kind of an interesting image. It's the Secretary of Defense of the United States sneaking out of the Pentagon uh, through a service entrance and through barrels of refuse uh, to a waiting car. Uh, of course, the media probably wouldn't be camped out there now, would they? Nah. Anyway, the subpoena's harvest was devastating. At a 12-7, December, uh, December 7th meeting, 85, Reagan and his foreign policy team called to discuss Oliver North's proposal to renew sending missiles to Tehran. According to his notes, Weinberger had warned Reagan that the arms sales would violate uh, 
U.S. embargo on arms shipments to Iran and that, quote, washing an arms transfer through Israel would not make it legal. Weinberger had noted that Donald uh, Reagan and George Schultz agreed with him. The president, however, dismissed any concerns regarding the illegality of the sales. The president said, quote, he could answer the charges of illegality, but he couldn't answer uh, charges that a big, strong President Reagan passed up a chance to free hostages. When the president joked about going to jail, Weinberger had told him he would not be alone. Yeah. That's how cover-ups work in our country, folks. Uh, Rich, uh, wealthy people who run our government can break laws as they see fit. They tend to believe that laws don't apply to them. Weinberger, interestingly, by the way, was an opponent of this policy of selling arms to Iran. But it seems that both he and George Shultz, who were very adamant in opposition, sort of... uh, to quote the poet W.H. Auden, were conveniently out of the room when the gun went off. Yes. Uh, Weinberger's notes, and I'm continuing here with Doug Ireland, on the meeting a month later, also made a liar out of H.W. Bush, who continued to claim to have been, quote, out of the loop on the deal. Weinberger had written that the president decided to go with the Israeli-Iranian offer to release our five hostages in return for the sale of 4,000 tow missiles to Iran by Israel. George Shultz and I opposed. Bill Casey, Ed Meese, and Vice President Bush favored, as did John Poindexter, who, by the way, was the national security advisor at the time, and later, uh, during the cover-up of the Iran-Contra affair, claimed that he had never informed Reagan of diverting the money to the uh, Nicaraguan Contras and their allies in Central America. Many of them, by the way, were, were living and working in Honduras, a country that's been in the news lately uh, due to the uh, immigration caravan hysteria that... Donald Trump, by the end of the week, had decided that he wanted to cut off aid to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. On on the Guatemalan thing, by the way, that's that's very interesting because it was Jimmy Carter who cut off aid to Guatemala back in the 70s due to human rights abuses. Uh, Guatemala had a civil war that went on for 50 years, largely caused by the fact that the Dulles brothers in the 50s had overthrown the Guatemalan government to protect the, quote, national corporate interests of the United Fruit Corporation. Yes, when they talk about banana wars, that was a banana war. Uh, Americans, of course, enjoy cheap bananas that mainly, ironically, come from both uh, Guatemala and Honduras. When you go to the store next time, check out your label. They don't grow them in Minnesota. I don't think they can. And I don't know that Donald Trump has figured that out. He, he now, of course, is, today is threatening to close down the Mexican border. Uh so where Trump is going, he, he sort of, the, the, the whole week he was like this angry 
orange boy on a pogo stick, as I like to put it. Couldn't figure out what he was claiming. He, of course, attacked Adam Schiff, uh, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. And, of course, he suggested that uh, the Democrats were behind this investigation. This, of course, is pure nonsense. It's a lie. Michael Flynn, <coughs> excuse me, was hired by <coughs> Donald Trump. Uh, when he asked James Comey to go easy on Michael Flynn because he's a great guy, Comey concluded that, uh, that uh, Donald Trump was trying to interfere in the ongoing investigation into these characters in the Trump campaign who were meeting with Russians, including the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. It included Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, campaign advisors, part of his, quote, top foreign policy team. He hired these men in March of 2016. Don Jr., Jared Kushner, and Paul Manafort met with Russians in Trump Tower. Does Donald Trump know Trump? anything about Trump Tower? It's got his name on the building. Rob Rosenstein is a uh, Rosenstein is a lifelong Republican. He worked in the Justice Department as a kind of a bureaucrat dating back to the Bush years and he still was working in the Justice Department when when Obama uh, became president, I'm relatively certain because he was an expert at uh, criminal investigations. He was elevated to Deputy Attorney General by Jeff Sessions, a longtime Republican from Alabama, a Republican who was named by Ronald Reagan to the federal bench at one point and uh, was uh, sabotaged due to uh, some unfortunate comments that he had made throughout his political career in Alabama that are consistent with Donald Trump's racist ideas. Robert Mueller was appointed to head the FBI by George W. Bush. He, too, is a lifetime Republican. There were no Democrats involved in the Mueller investigation. Uh, there certainly were some FBI officials who may or may not have been registered as Democrats. I don't know. But this was not an investigation by the Democrats. The Republicans controlled Congress, Mr. Trump. And Mr. Trump keeps discovering this 28 or 27 months into his presidency. He was complaining about the immigration laws. Well, gee, I don't understand what he's complaining about. Ronald Reagan passed the amnesty bill in 86. George H. George Bush, W. Bush, the second Bush, he passed this asylum law that the people are uh, taking advantage of. And what did Donald Trump do during his first two years of his presidency about the immigration problems at the border? Nothing. He kept talking about the Mueller investigation, about Hillary Clinton, about the size of his weenie the size of his crowds at the inauguration and consistently lying about everything he could think of regarding conflicts of interest, contacts with Putin, 
contacts with Russians, contacts with family people in Russia, and all sorts of things. So we don't know what the what's in the Mueller report, but we have a pretty good idea about some of the facts that are in the Mueller report that at this point we, the American people, can't see. I've heard some bellyaching about the $25 million that was spent on the Mueller investigation. Well, let me get out my uh, violin. I've got my two fingers, and I'm playing the world's smallest violin here. First of all, Paul Manafort was fined $25 million. He was convicted by Robert Mueller and his investigation. There are several high-ranking Trump administration officials that have been convicted of lying to either the FBI or Congress or both. Roger Stone, by the way, still has a witness tampering trial forthcoming along with other charges. I believe he's facing seven felony counts. So the expense of the Mueller investigation is irrelevant. Uh, The Mueller investigation never would have happened had Trump not fired James Comey. And he clearly fired James Comey because of the Russia thing, as he put it, said that on national television. To Lester Holt, two days later, Trump couldn't keep his mouth shut. And what he said over and over is exceedingly revealing. But to claim that the Democrats ran the Mueller investigation is ludicrous. Um, I don't know about the assistants that worked for Mueller. But I suspect they were people that worked with him at the FBI, were longtime aides, were people that he could trust not to leak information, which is what they did relatively successfully. There were very few leaks from the Mueller report. But let's remember the Watergate report by uh, uh, Mr. Jaworski. That was never released until like two, two or three years ago. Congress never saw that report. They didn't need to see it because Nixon had resigned. But let's face facts here. There are journalists investigating Donald Trump's business dealings. There are grand juries that have been impaneled in New York, Virginia, and the District of Columbia looking into all these various other legal uh, quagmires that Donald Trump has found himself in. Was Donald Trump managing the border? In 2017 and 2018, when he had control of Congress, was he changing the laws? No, he wasn't. And how interesting that last week we saw what really goes on in America. We saw a judge uh, strike down Donald Trump's desire to start oil drilling in the Arctic Refuge, Wildlife Refuge and the Atlantic Ocean, stating that the law does not allow the president to reverse protected areas that have been uh, protected by previous presidents because the law allows the president to protect the wildlife areas. It doesn't allow the president to drill oil in the wildlife areas. Donald Trump lost that ruling on Friday, Maybe that's why he got so angry over the weekend. What else did he lose? Well, earlier in the week, he lost uh, another court case 
involving uh, his uh, his Medicare thing. In the middle of the week, he's talking about revisiting Obamacare. Um, I don't know where that's going. Uh, what I wouldn't uh, count on anything to happen on that because the Democrats in the House are certainly not going to repeal Obamacare. Um, let's remember that Donald Trump, when he proposed the wall, got 39 votes in the Senate. He doesn't understand how, how the government works. He's too busy trying to make money. He's too busy claiming, quote, I can run my business while I'm the president of the United States. Well, he's not running either his business or the United States very well because he's a loser. And uh, the the examples that I've given about these uh, these justice, uh, um, these justice, these Judicial rulings that have repeatedly um, struck down uh, the, the the noble, ambitious plans of Donald J. Trump uh, are uh, rather uh, remarkable, and they continue. I think I heard somewhere that Donald Trump's winning record in court is uh, he wins one out of ten. He loses nine out of ten. In sports, if you lose nine out of ten games, you are in the basement of the standings. You're in last place, dude. It's exactly where you belong. And the these this continuing uh, obsession with these programs that you can't pass through Congress because you can't and don't understand how the legislative process works or how the judiciary decides things is a remarkable continuing dysfunction. Donald Trump, what is your major malfunction? Well, we function quite well here on uh, Gray Matters uh, down here at WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'd like to thank uh, Andrew for engineering this evening. Uh, Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next. Very quickly, I'm going to read one little quick item from News of the Weird. Karen... Kahini of Barnsley, South Yorkshire, England, is a heavy smoker, puffing on 60 to 80 cigarettes a day. But as she watches TV in evening, at evening time, she also eats eight cigarette butts. And as a side dish, she eats nine ounces of chalk every week. Her odd addiction addictions are related to pika, she told the Mirror, a British newspaper, a condition that involves eating things that aren't really food. It isn't so much that I like the taste of cigarette butts or the chalk that I like. It's more the texture and the crunch. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Donald, lay off the orange chalk, dude. Everyone's a winner, bargains galore. That's right, you two can be the proud owner of the quality goes in before that name goes on. Dents to quit smoking, it's a friend, it's a companion, it's the only product you will ever need. Follow these easy assembly instructions, it never needs dining. Not completely satisfied, mail back on you, portion of product for complete refund of price of purchase. The pride of gives you an erection, it wins the election, gets rid of blackheads, heartbreak, psoriasis, 
price. You don't know the meaning of heartbreak, buddy. Come on, come on. Don't settle for less. <laughs> 